0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com
1: for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Good morning. It is Friday, April 1st, and this is the College Football Daily. I am your host, Carl Reed. And I'm here with my special guest today, Mr. David Quedall, high school sports writer for the St. Louis post dispatch Dave, how you doing? I'm well, Coach Reed. How you doing? How long have you been covering the the high school beat here in St. Louis?
1: Well, I, uh, I started out at a weekly paper in 2001, so 21 been- years. But in my current role, uh, that was 2014 in the winter. I got it. So about eight years now had for the post and the way I've been doing it as their lead guy.
2: Let's get right into some things today. A lot of our a lot of the fans that follow 24-7 in recruiting saw this year we had two of the top receivers in the nation come out of St. Louis this year. Luther Burden, who picks the University of Missouri, and Kevin Coleman, who goes the completely opposite direction and picks Jackson State for Dion. And those were huge developments on both sides. Can you kind of talk about the impact that you think? Number one, Luther's commitment had on the University of Missouri and also Kevin's impact on Jackson State.
1: Well, uh, Luther was was pretty remarkable. I mean, you, you you got to scheme against him when he was a freshman, I believe. Wasn't that the year you guys had a match up with him? Yeah, sophomore it. year too. Actually, now that yeah. I think about it, yeah. you had to see him early. So you you know Luther very well. Luther was amazing for that kind of caliber of athlete to stay home. I mean, we have seen Mizzou under Coach Drinkwitz really you know reel in a lot of local guys, and um and they've been really good. I mean, so good in, in fact that when Kai Wingo decided he wanted to take a look elsewhere and ended up at L. LSU with his former high school coach, Stieple, uh, Robert Steeples. But for Luther to stick around, I mean, it, it really does draw that that connection to Mizzou as a place where you can be a really good football player and make an impact in the best conference in the country. So that, I mean, that was part of why he said he wanted to stay home was was to show St. Louis area kids that you can do it here. You don't have to be like, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, go to Ohio State. You can, you can make that kind of impact here in town or in the state. So I, I think that drives it home for them. I mean, Coach Drinkwitz has really kind of transformed, you know, the the vibe around the school. So getting a guy like Luther is huge for him. For Kevin, the Jackson State card was one we never knew he was even going to play. Kevin is a highly intelligent, great kid to talk to, and and he. He kept those cards real close to his chest, man, because when he pulled that hat out, that was that was a hold up. Wait a minute, because he hadn't mentioned that. That hadn't been brought up. That hadn't been something that, that came out of anywhere. I mean, it was a lot of Florida State talk. It was a lot of he's going big time. And then he ends up going to Jackson State. So I'm 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 curious. What it's gonna look like for those guys because they're not gonna be a- a competing for a national championship at, at the you know that level. They, they get to go a different route. So I'm 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 kind of curious to see how that goes. But but Kevin's Kevin's kind of tagline is just different, and and he was just different on the field. That certainly was was evident in his four years. I mean, first high school reception was I think an 80 yard touchdown catch. So as a freshman. So you just don't see a lot of guys who do that kind of stuff. So he's very different and his path certainly is different. And I I think that also resonates with the local guys that, you know, you don't have to go a certain way and do a certain thing. You can kind of carve your own path.
2: How, since you've been here over the years, there's always been talk of St. Louis and Mizzou as it connects to football recruiting. And obviously we've mentioned that drink has closed the gap on that. How, how important from your estimation, is it that Mizzou has success recruiting in St. Louis to be competitive in the SEC? Is it much to do about nothing? Is it absolutely imperative that that they make waves and recruit in St. Louis? What are your thoughts on that, having seen Missouri football and St. Louis high school football over the years? Well, I, I mean, for Missouri to get where they want to go, which
1: was to be consistently competitive in that conference, which is going to add Texas and Oklahoma here before too long, I mean, it, they got to close the border. I mean, you just, you, you can't let a guy like Jamison Williams first start off at Ohio state and then go crush it at Alabama. Like you need the Luther Birds of the world to stay home. And then you still have to continue to get guys from other parts of the country to make an impact. Cause I mean, we're, bi- I'm biased. I think Missouri kids in St. Louis kids in particular are pretty good. And I think we're underrated, but it's, it's certainly not California, Texas, Florida. I mean, it's, it's not, there's not the wealth of talent. Let's put it that way. Like, so, so you get the high, the high level guys for sure. And then you bring in, you know, you fill in behind them. Another guy who I know you know really well, who who made the move to Missouri recently, was Cody Schrader. Yeah. I mean, there was a guy who who, who couldn't get a sniff uh, from any Division One program, ended up at Truman State, and had a remarkable start there. Jumped in the portal, and you know, landed at his dream school. So those are the kinds of guys that you know that you get to fill in the backside when you do land those big five star fish. Like if you got a five star fish in your state, you've got to get him. If he's at you know across the river at East St. Louis, or or in like Olathe, Kansas, you've got to get. The Those guys, if you're drinking, he's been pretty good about that. I mean, since he's taken over, a lot of those dudes haven't made their way
2: out of state. You're not going to get all of them, but you certainly got to get most of them. You mentioned Cody Schrader, and Cody is a guy that I coached against. I, I I got to see him. I was on the receiving end of some of his his bigger games in high school. Um, you know, when I think about some of these guys' names, man, it just I, I'm glad I'm not having to see him on Friday nights anymore. Um, but when I think about Cody, it brings us to one of the most heated discussions that everybody's had this offseason, and that's the transfer portal. Cody was an under-recruited guy goes to Truman State, leads the nation in rushing at the Division II level and transferring from Mizzou and has done very well there so far. From your standpoint of covering high school athletes, what's your perspective on the transfer portal? And is it good or bad for college football? Well, I don't know that it's good or bad
1: for the sport in general. I I mean, it's certainly more complicated. And I think the timing of how those things kind of like, you know, we've seen the transfer portal affect coaching. Like now we're changing coaches at the end of the regular season. So you know, to jump onto the next guy because you got to get the recruiting cycle going because the early signing day. I mean, there, there's a lot of moving parts to this, but as far as how it affects the high school kids, I, I college coaches like, a, you know, we've had this conversation before, like the top level guys, the Luther Burdens of the world, you know, the Ezekiel Eliots of the world, Jameson Williams, those guys are going to get their opportunities regardless of the transfer portal. But it says that that next group, it's like, was the college program going to come and, and chase you as an 18, 19 year old? Or are they going to go look in the portal for a 21-year-old who's already been in the weight room, who's already been on the training table, who knows what the, what the level is going to look like, the expectations? There's a lot less there's a lot less breaking in uh, of those young players when you can go to the portal and, and find some guys who have a little maturity, a little size, a little, a little something to them. So I do think like those mid-level guys who, who might have been marginal D2 kind of guys, they're probably getting squeezed, but I don't know what else you can do except just kind of find your way, you know? That's something you've talked about a lot when we, you know, when you were coaching, was you know, dance with who wants to dance with you. So find your spot, and then if, if something good pops, then you can go in the portal, and maybe they'll take a chance on you. Then I think it's it, it's made it harder for a lot of kids, but I mean, playing
2: college football is hard, I and mean, that's that, yeah. that's part of the deal. We will hear more from David
0: Quedall right after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news.
2: As we talk about some of the great players, and you kind of mentioned Makai Wingo earlier who was at Missoula and then went to LSU. We have had some tremendous high school coaches move on to the next level. Robert Steeples is now at LSU. Corey Patterson is at Illinois. I know uh, Corey Bethany got the call to Lindenwood and, and Lindenwood has moved up to FCS. Uh, Trey Porter is another guy who's jumped into the college ranks the last couple of years. What do you think has been important or or St. Louis has given these guys a great stage to be able to show that they're really good coaches that has given them the opportunity to go to the next level?
1: Well, I mean, all of those guys you talked about, I, I've dealt with at, at a, you know, pretty routinely and and they're all really good communicators. Our city in particular, I mean, the biggest question people ask is like, where'd you go to high school? Because our, our our town is weird. So you have to be a really good communicator to have success where they've had success. You know, Trey at Roosevelt, you know, he was working with a group of kids that hadn't necessarily dealt with a guy like him before. And he had to kind of shape that program to go from a whole lot of nothing to winning the district title, which was huge, you know. Corey Bethany turned to St. Mary's program from something that wasn't really going anywhere to the pieces he put in place, won a state title this year with Kevin Coleman, first in school history. So those guys have, I mean, if you're looking for the common thread, they, they all know how to talk to people and communicate with different groups of people. They, they kind of flow seamlessly between the city and the county, the urban, the suburban, the affluent, the not affluent. And this town really gives you all of that. And to be successful, you have to be able to 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 work your magic with with all kinds of different people.
2: So now let's talk Jamison Williams this year. Now, everybody here is going to be biased. Of course, everybody in St. Louis thinks he was the best receiver in all of college football and that he was robbed of the Bolidnikoff Award, right? I don't think that Bryce Young wins the Heisman if Jamison Williams is not on his team. He probably owes him half of the award. How was that for you watching what he did this year at the University of Alabama? Because you saw him play a lot. In high school, like you got to see all of these guys on a regular basis. W- what was it like seeing Jamison's impact at the highest level of college football this year?
1: I mean, for me, I get a kick out of that because I get to see them when they're 15, 16 year sixteen-year-old dudes, like they have potential. But as we both know, like potential doesn't always turn out. The road, the road from here to there is often is often a treacherous one, especially for a young black men in St. Louis. That can be a really treacherous road. Yes. So to see him having success at that level, I just Seeing him on Saturday, Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, it was brilliant. Yeah. But that there again, that's a guy who I, I got to watch also run track, and he was a national champion hurdler. Like like mo like that speed. I mean, there are only a few people in the world with that kind of speed, man. Like yeah. it's a very small group. So getting to watch him do that, I mean, it's just it's really neat to see because that's a kid from St. Louis doing big things, and we love to say that around here. Just a, you know, Jason Tatum's thing. I'm just a kid from St. Louis, but we did. Uh, the athlete of the year this year was was Luther and, and Kevin. And we did it together over at Matthew's Dickey because that was a place both of them had made an impact as young kids. And, and if you look off the field at Matthew's Dickey, you see North City. Yeah. And it's pretty rough, man. So that's what I think about. I, I see them, I see a guy like J Mo on a Saturday. And I hope the kids in the city see that too and go, you know what? Maybe I can do something like that. Or maybe I can, uh, maybe not do that, but I can be on a path to, to try and get somewhere else because. Yeah. This town likes to eat its young, unfortunately. So to see a guy make it out and make an impact, I I hope that resonates with the youngsters. I'm
2: going to give you some names. We got the NFL draft coming up, right? NFL draft coming up next month. And I'm going to throw some names at you. We already talked about Jamison. And we want to talk about what do these guys have in common and what makes them unique? that you feel like has put them in position to be in the NFL draft. So we're talking Jamison Williams that played at Alabama, Kyron Williams, star running back from Notre Dame, Hassan Haskins, Michigan, Quill Glass, Alabama A&M, Caleb Ellaby, quarterback out of Western Michigan, Marquise Hayes, offensive lineman out of the University of Oklahoma. I hope I'm not forgetting anybody. If I am, please forgive me, but... All of those guys are set to be picked up by NFL teams in in this draft. And it's looking, pre-draft has been looking pretty good for for all of them. What was it like watching those guys in high school? And what were some of the things that you feel like, um, other than being supremely talented, when you watched them play, that would kind of set them apart from their peers? Kyron is a guy who...
1: Would do absolutely anything his team needed to. He punted, he kicked. I mean, I mean, actually, Luther did that too this year for East St. Louis. I mean, he, I mean, whatever, whatever his coach needed Kyron to do, Kyron would do it, and he would do it at the highest level he could. He, he was the best. He might be the best two-way player I've seen in my time. Like he was remarkable in the secondary and and an absolute animal on offense, whether he was running the ball, catching the ball, whatever. I mean, his, his run blocking is, is I know been very highly praised at Notre Dame that, he, you know, he, he he stood people up when they thought they had a chance and, you know, cause that's what he does. So that's what really, and, and very highly intelligent as well. Kyron graduated early from Viani, and they don't let everybody do that. It's a pretty rigorous process to try and graduate early, to get into college early. And he made it happen. So Ellaby, another guy who did everything his coach wanted him to, started as a freshman uh, for a Pattonville team that wasn't very good. And by senior year, they were in the state championship game. And lost the state championship game on a heartbreaking two point conversion with no time on the clock. I mean, it was one of the most remarkable. He, he led them down the field to go ahead with, I think, a minute and a half to go. And the other Staley went the other way and, and scored just as time expired. Heartbreaking feat. That's a guy who never, who never got down and never stopped grinding for what he wanted. That's the thing that has really stuck with me about all those names you you mentioned. Those guys, they know what they want. And they're going to work to get it. And, and you can kind of see that as young guys. Like, I never heard about Kyron being a knucklehead. I never heard about Caleb being a knucklehead. I mean, Marquise Marquise was his teammate, you know, in high school at Pattonville. He he was a guy who, you know, showed up to go to work. You didn't have to, their coaches generally didn't have to worry about them doing silly stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, Like, they're focused on what they want. And because they know it's going to be hard to get there. And not, not every, everybody doesn't necessarily see it that way. You know, they, oh, I'm, the, I'm on the varsity. I'm good. No, you're not. Because there's, there's a lot of growth between 17, 18 and 22, 23. Hassan Haskins. There's a guy who could hardly get an offer until Michigan came in late. He turned out to be one of the best running backs in Michigan history. Just another guy who showed up and went to work and and took the ball Every time his coach gave it to him because Eureka loves to run the football. And I think Sumner gave him the ball 300 times one season. Like, And he just went to work. Give me the ball 400 times. That's that. That's what really I think when I watch him is like those guys, like they show up to play. They show up in the summer. They show up when it doesn't feel good. They show up when they don't want to be there because not everybody wants to be there every day. They do it anyway, because at the end of the day. That's what you got to do to get where you want to go. So that's what really jumps off the page when when you talk about those kinds of kids. man.
2: Well, Dave, we want to thank you for joining us today on the College Football Daily. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Reed. I appreciate you. I want to thank David Quidall for joining me on today's episode. He has great insight on the University of Missouri, high school football here locally in St. Louis, and college football as players are heading into the NFL draft. For David Quidall, I am Carl Reed. Thanks for listening to another episode of the College Football Daily.